0: Hey there, my name is Lexi, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm doing something a little different, different from my channel, and it's actually something that I've been thinking about doing for a very long time, but I had been procrastinating on actually just doing it. So very excited to announce that I am now doing reviews. It's going to be called Lex Rated. Um, If anyone has been watching or listening to my Lex chat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, then you already know how the music reviews go. But that's more so for like indie artists or just people who tune in and they want their stuff to be rated either before release or get my opinion on what it sounds like to me and how I feel about the song, you know, as a way for, it's, it's another form of marketing for artists, honestly. But um, yeah, this is gonna be different because it's going to be shorter. It's a thing that's all on its own. Honestly, it's for me to build up my YouTube channel and really have it more so about the music. So without further ado, I am hopping into the music review, you know, thing, the music review wave, that's what everybody's doing, right? So the very first album that I'm going to be reviewing, and this is also a way to help me stay in tune with, you know, the newer stuff that's coming out because I have not done a good job of being connected with what's out right now that's my own bias because I feel like there's not enough. There's good music out there. I'm lazy. I don't go searching for it. There isn't enough good quality substance mainstream, in my opinion, with the exception of the first album that I'm choosing to review, which is Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. So there are 19 tracks. Important to note that I'm going to be listening to this on my headphones that I have right here. I'm choosing to do that because I feel like it'll be more intimate that way. And I've heard a couple of tracks of his already in the studio. It sounds like something that I really want to make sure I hear what he's saying and take in what he's he's saying. What better way than to have him whispering and performing in my ear, all that kind of stuff. So first ever review, I'm doing Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I'm not gonna show you my reactions as I'm listening to it. I'm not gonna play any samples while I'm listening to it or while I'm presenting this video. I'm gonna listen to it on my own time and then I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna have my notes ready and tell you what I thought about each song and then how I thought about the entire project, the project in its entirety. So without further ado, let me get into this review. well then that was quite a listen um this is my first time really just setting myself down and not doing anything else not being distracted like really giving my full attention to giving my full attention to reviewing something, listening to something, being in something. That's not my music. So I actually had a lot of fun doing this and I'm, I'm proud of myself for doing this. I'm also very excited because I was just talking to, um, a fellow engineer. I work with him at Rich Productions. His name is Solo. And he was actually the one who, another another voice that encouraged me to do this review. But I was literally just talking to him about how I have not been excited by new music with the exception of like Don Tolerance Lemonade. And that song's not really even about anything. And, um, Borders with St. John featuring Lenny Kravitz. Like that was the last time I felt anything. So yeah, to finally get into doing the music review I'm not going to do necessarily like the Lex rated, like I do in my Lex chat, but so I listened to the album, right? Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. 19 tracks. This was released in May of 2022. So whoever watches this video, they know when this came out, right? 17 songs, nothing was under three minutes, and two interludes, which was like definitely under three minutes, but Just the true definition of an album and it feels good because it's how I remember music being. So I'm just really excited about it. I was writing notes as I listened through and this whole listen was really raw, I'll say. I didn't have, I I purposely did not want to expose myself to too many outside sources and outside reviews because I wanted to see how I feel about it. Even though I I have heard some things and I actually heard some of these songs, um, a few days ago in the studio because solo was, you know, putting me on game. Like, you know, you should try to get back into listening to some stuff. My whole gripe, which I kind of mentioned, I don't know if I said it on the clip before this in my intro clip, or if I said it to someone or if I was talking to myself, but, um, (sighs) lost my train of thought, but yeah, I, I just was thinking to myself, like, you know, I haven't really experienced mainstream. That's what my point was. I know there's good music out there. I just have been lazy about finding it. And I feel like mainstream should give the good music more attention than it does because let's be honest. There's a lot of BS that gets attention when there are Gold mines waiting to be discovered by the masses, but that's a whole different story. So I went in, raw dogging it. Um, I heard some commentary as far as like, you know, some people didn't enjoy it, but there's always gonna be people who did not enjoy the project. I personally, and I have to preface this whole review by saying that I have never listened to a Kendrick Lamar project all the way through. So this was my first time in a long time sitting down and just listening to an album. Um, and it reminded me of when I used to buy CDs all the time. Like one thing with this whole streaming era is it's, it's harder to connect with the music because it's like, there's an agenda for, for not touching things. And it's like, there's an agenda for like to disconnect us. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's kind of a perfect way to start this review because there's a lot of commentary on this album. That has to do with how things played out with COVID and how we were encouraged to stay indoors, encouraged to stay online, encouraged to stay on our phones and to not be involved in real life and stay connected in that sense. But we were disconnecting from everything physically around us. And Kendrick's album, it does have commentary dealing with that dealing with COVID and how that's, you know, played a role in everyone's lives in a way. So what I did was I listened to it. I listened on YouTube because I don't, I don't pay for Spotify or whatever. And they don't be playing it in order. When I listen on Spotify, I tried to listen to Donda on Spotify and I don't think it was playing in order. So I don't know, but yeah, I listened to it straight through and I just have my notebook. I wrote down notes. I have one, two, three, four pages worth of notes and just writing down what I felt about it as they were playing. And I'm going to get into my interpretation of the album cover art at the end of this review. So 19 songs, first one was United Grief. This is the first track on the album and immediately, immediately. Yes, immediately. Yes. So the instruments, the movement, it was exciting. And I have not been excited by production in a very long time. And I think, I think in some ways I love music so much that I want to know everything about it, but knowing things from an engineer standpoint really kind of messed me up because I honestly, I would have to go back and give this album another play because I was too focused on the first two or three tracks on absorbing everything but I really just wanted to be in the words and feel it not for its technical achievements its technical appeal you know what I mean so but what I what I did write down about United Grief was the instruments the piano it's exciting like it changes up and I mentioned in Alex' chat recently that you know, I get tired of producers just looping things and then they take sounds out, put them back in, take them out, put them back in. This one is like changes in the in the instruments, like this whole new sounds. And I did have to read the lyrics on this one. There was a lot. If, if you're a Kendrick Lamar fan, I'm a fan of Kendrick Lamar, even though I haven't listened to his stuff all the way through. I am a fan. You have to really be listening to what this man is saying, because, man. Um, But I mentioned that it's hard for me as an engineer to really only listen to the songs for what they're saying or how they're feeling. Um, This song did not have a hook, but I was completely okay with that. Um, The other songs in this album, they are structured very well. This one is one of those where, and I'm a sucker for storytelling, Kendrick Lamar gives me stories. He gives me poetry when I listen to this album. There was a point where I was listening back to this album and I actually wanted to shed a tear because y'all just don't understand how disconnected I've been from music. But I think these reviews are gonna help me to stay connected with not only like popular culture right now, but also just to see like, you know, there is good stuff that's happening out here. Um, And I I wanted to cry because these, these songs on this album just touched me so much. N95, which is track number two, there are certain lines that kept popping out of me throughout this whole project. Take it off. What you got? Ugh, you ugly as, you know what I'm saying? It's just funny. And N95 was just, and there are a lot of songs on here that are commenting on certain trends that have become normalized for us. Thanks to COVID-19. Certain things that have become normal, it's like, okay, you're doing all this, you cover up, you stay away, but you know, you're covering up, da-da-da-da, whatever. When you take away this, when you take away that, what do you got? Ugh, you ugly as ugh, you know what I'm saying? So N95, I feel like was very entertaining for me. Um, And that of course is the most memorable part of the song. If you go and listen to it after this review, or you've heard it before this review, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Worldwide Steppers, which is track number three. Like I said, Kendrick Lamar, what I love about him is he is a poet and you have to go, I feel like you have to go into his projects knowing that you need to listen and you need to, you just need to listen. I feel like that's how you go into his projects. So this one to me, straight poetry. It was a poem through and through. It was how he felt having sex, how he felt having sex with a white girl and just going through a bunch of like different, you know, the, the main theme of this song is we're all killers of something. But what stuck out to me in this song was how he felt about having sex with a white girl and how he felt like it was somehow he was doing it, you know, under the watchful eye of his ancestors. And somehow it became like a tool of revenge Sleep with these white girls. And the the father of the girl turns out to be the sheriff, and he's the man that put his cousin in jail or something like that. And it it was just, the story that he takes, oh my God. Another part that he said, and I, I must sound like a babbling fool right now, but I'm just amazed. I am a fan of Kendrick. Unfortunately, this is my first time listening to, his, to a project of his all the way through, but I, I have been a fan of Kendrick because he, just like J. Cole, they're one of the newer artists, at least like in this time period of music, I guess you could say who came in and like had something to say, like actually have substance in their music. And I don't know if it's because I live in Atlanta and like this is like trap capital, but I, when I listen to Cole and Kendrick Lamar, they remind me of how hip hop was, why I fell in love with hip hop growing up. Um, and they remind me that hip hop is not dead. It gives me hope. I'm really tired of all this trap stuff, so. To hear Kendrick's album in full, and I should add J. Cole to the list as well, but these men just really, they get me. I'm excited to listen to them and it's not dumbed down. You know what I'm saying? So this one though, the worldwide steppers, things that stood out to me was him talking about how he was having sex with a white girl. And then it says the industry kills creatives, free speech, freedom of speech was killed because everybody is so sensitive and there's just like a lot of, a lot of different a lot of different themes going on in this song, but the main message being that we are all killers in some form, even those who stand by passively. um, We are, they are killers as well because you're killing action. You know what I'm saying? Killing time basically. But like I said, you, you really got to listen to somebody like Kendrick Lamar, the next track. And when I heard it, it became my favorite. It's called die hard. It's the first uptempo track on the album. And it was my fave so far because it had the bounce going. But what you're going to get with Kendrick, he's going to give you the bounce. And there are a few tracks on here that I had to mark as favorites. I put little stars next to it. He's going to give you that bounce, but he's also going to give you the message. And I can truly appreciate that. You can make good, bouncy, catchy songs and still have a good message in it. So listening to Kendrick, that is what I appreciate. Track number five is Father Time some things that stood out to me about this. My life is a plot twisted from angles that I can't see. That was, I don't know if that's like verbatim what he said in the song, but that part was like, whoa, I've never heard anybody say that in the music. It just like blew my mind. Um, But this whole song is about grown men with daddy issues. And this message is just fire coming from a woman. It feels great to hear a man who is thinking on this wavelength And like, I'm going to keep clowning rappers out. Just get used to it on my channel. Because rappers got a lot of work to do in Atlanta. But as a woman who is an engineer and I'm an artist and I deal with a lot of newer artists and I I, I deal with guys who come in the studio and they have such a messed up mindset towards a lot of things in this world, especially not being able to recognize how some of the things they're doing is going to, it affects everyone around them themselves, They girl, if they have any kids, they're passing these messed up ideals onto their kids, but they don't recognize it because they don't take the time to think about stuff like this. So father time, which is track number five, this whole message is about grown men with daddy issues and how we need to recognize these issues so that we can, you know, face it head on. And there's a line in the song that says, let's give the women a break. And it's like, yes. There are so many men who don't realize that they do have daddy issues. They don't want to accept certain truths and they don't want to accept a lot of times that, you know, you might need to go to therapy about some of the stuff you're going through. There's, um, track number six, Rich Interlude, track number seven, Rich Spirit. Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. I love that as an artist because everything in my life is up for content. If you didn't know, if you're part of my life, be careful what you say to me. Be careful how you handle me because I might turn you into a song. Is it going to be a nice song? Is it going to be a love song? It's going to be a, a a bad song. It's going to be a diss record. I don't know. It depends on how you treat me. But this, this one is the commentary on balancing being on your phone and being in real life. So like I mentioned a little bit earlier, there's a lot of commentary on this album that makes, um, like connections to everything that's been going on with COVID and, It was, he was just saying a lot of stuff. Like, you know, one thing that that stuck out to me was Cabo trips don't last, get them kids from your aunt's house. (laughs) Like that made me laugh because everybody is so caught up in what's on these phones. And I'm recording my Instagram live right now, but everybody is so caught up in what's going on in their phone or what the next person is doing or the highlight reels that people are choosing to show, you know. Through Instagram through other social media and it's like you know the things that are being shown it's not everyday life it's not real life real life is not always fabulous it's not always luxurious like that and you know you're not rich because you have those things you're rich when you do those things in real life and there's another line in the song that says you know are you praying for them in real life because praying in real life is better than saying it on a timeline So take the prayer off the timeline and do it in real life. People say thoughts and prayers on the timeline, but they never actually do it in real life. So, you know, people, it's like a loss of genuineness because everyone is so worried about showing highlight reels that they're forgetting. You still have to maintain a life outside of these phones. You still have to maintain life in real life. So rich spirit, I think at the beginning of this song, he was saying something like, oh, no, no, that's that's much later when we get to Savior. Um, There's a track on here called Savior. The beat is a bop, by the way. I put a star next to this one, too, because I really enjoyed it. Um, But he's saying something like, you know, future told y'all how to deal with women and da 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 da, but he's not your savior j cole told you something 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 but he's not your savior i wish i could remember exactly what he said but it was just really dope y'all would just have to go back and listen to it for yourselves but there's track number eight we cry together instantly the song name reminds me of an old song by ja rule called cry it was like when i cry you cry we cry together when i cry You cry, let me have this. We cry together when I cry. You cry, we cry together. When I cry, you cry, we cry together. I just had to sing that real quickly because it reminded me of Ja Rule. Um, I don't remember which. I was at Vinny Vinny Vici. Or the other one, I don't remember. But the song, the song title, "We Cry Together," instantly reminded me of Ja Rule. Um, the 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 young lady who is featured on this, her name is Taylor Page. I look at the credits, she is fire. I love, I love songs like this. Unfortunately, these are the kind of songs like if you don't do it right, like if it's not like a laundromat with like R. Kelly and Nivea, if it's not like same girl with R. Kelly and Usher then songs like this don't get played on the radio very much. Um, I think the last one I remember is Big Tigger and Busta Rhymes. If you don't know, now you know. That was from years ago, but I, I really love that song. And it's like six or seven minutes long, but stuff like that on the album is not necessarily going to get the radio play that it deserves. And this one is a bit raunchy for the radio anyway, but I love it because it's a couple arguing back and forth and, I was just talking to Solo about this, right? I miss when songs were inexperienced. I was listening to the Here's The Thing podcast with Kev On Stage and That Chick Angel from Kev On Stage Studios. And Angel said something that really touched me and something that I had to think about. She said, you know, these artists today, they don't provide an experience. They're just providing you with a vibe, but vibes like come and go, just like emotions. I mean, experiences come and go too. But it's like, yeah, not everybody's going to vibe the same. But we've all been through similar situations. There's there's something nice about knowing that you're not special in the dramas that you go through in your life. And this song, We Cry Together, it's an experience that everyone should be able to if you've ever been in a relationship and you've had an argument with your partner then you should definitely be able to relate to this song it's a couple fighting and they're arguing and they're going back and forth and then I like the end of the song because it's like is it ending in sex or is it ending because it's like a sound effect that's happening at the end where it sounds to me like it's a headboard banging against the wall but I don't know it could be someone tapping on the floor. It probably is, actually. But you know, the, whoever the narrator is at the end is like, "Hey, stop tap dancing around the conversation." And I just thought that was really, that was really clever. Let me close this door really quickly. I'm getting freaked out, and you're just watching me. Okay, the cat was watching. It's very creepy. Um, but yeah, Purple Hearts is track number nine, and it's it's not the first one that someone is featured on, but it's the first one where there's like a major or an already well-known artist on it. It's featuring Summer Walker, like I said. Uh, I like the vibe and the production, and I like Kendrick singing. Um, I could do without the feature on this one, I'll be very honest. Um, but something that I made note of at this point in my listening was how much I appreciate that these are all full songs. The shortest tracks on the album are the interludes which is super refreshing for me because we're living in this popcorn era right now where people are making songs that are like barely three minutes long. You get two and a half minutes. If you'll get two minutes and 50 seconds if you're lucky, but most songs today are like two, two and a half minutes. They only got one verse and two chords, like, two, like a hook, a verse, and then another hook, and that's it. So the fact that these songs are all over three and a half minutes long I really appreciate that and like I said it's it's um it's refreshing to be taken through an experience versus you know an artist always worrying about if it's vibrant or not and that's what I really appreciate about the artistry of Kendrick Lamar this album has so much replay value and playback value because like I said before too he's a poet and you have to really listen to what he is saying and you have to really take in everything that he's saying because he, man's got a lot to say, and that's another reason probably why the why the songs are like back to their normal lengths, like the lengths that I loved growing up. Um, but that that's what's great about these songs, like it has replay value because you're always going to have to. I know that there's things that I missed in this first time listening because he's saying so many things and things aren't hitting me. Like I tried very hard to make sure I listened to this. I'm listening to the words and not listening to the production and not listening to the mix. There were a few tracks where they dropped the beat and there were some clicks and that irritates my soul as an engineer, but I try not to pay attention to those things. I think by this point, by by track eight and nine, I finally got to that point, but yeah, it, it has so much replay value and that's what a lot of these newer artists just don't understand like, yeah. Oh, I I want the song to be short because you know, that they'll keep replaying and replaying it. But I'm like, no, you didn't give me anything to hold on to in that short two minute song that you gave me before you even let me get into it. You took me out of it. So I never had a chance to really connect with it. But these songs that Kendrick did Every single one is telling me something. Every single one is something that I need to listen to. And every single one is striking on a deeper level. There's no way you can listen to this album one time and be done with it. That's why this album has such a high replay value. And this is when this is when that thought crossed my mind after, I, after track nine. There's just so much going on. Um, track 10 is Count On Me. That was my fave by far when I played this. It's just... I love that one, there's track 11 called Crown. And by the way, I love the piano going throughout the entire album. I'm a sucker for piano because I took lessons when I was younger, it's the first instrument I ever played before I even got into singing really. And I just made that realization just now on camera. But yeah, the main theme of Crown was how you can't please everybody. Then there was track number 12, Silent Hill featuring Kodak Black, pushing them off me like, huh. (laughs) <laughs> I always wonder where everybody was getting this sound from. And this, this is the song that everybody was getting at. Huh. Push your bitches out for me like, huh. <laughs> but, um, it was at this point that, that my thoughts were confirmed in thinking that, you know, Kendrick really does not need features. Cause this one is featuring Kodak Black and this is no shade to them. Uh, if anybody think it's shade, I right, cool. That's your opinion. But, Kendrick just proved to me that he can flow like any of these new rappers, but he's just way better at it because he, like I said, he has so much to say and there's so much substance in his music. I really, he does not need features. He's strong on his own. Um, Unfortunately, I was not impressed with Kodak's part in this song and on the song Purple Hearts with Summer Walker, I could have done without her part, honestly. That's just how I feel. I just wasn't excited about them. Um, there's a track 13, A Savior Interlude. And his his voice is just so versatile. Like He can sing a little bit and he can switch up his flows. And I actually, on the Rich Interlude, which is um, track number six, I actually thought that was Lil Wayne at first. I had to check the credits to be like, yo, is this who I think it is? If it was Lil Wayne, that would have been very that would have blown my mind even more because it was very much so too. like Wayne is spitting like this, like this, the, this, the way. And I remember where, you know, at the end of like the Carter three, he was spitting some real stuff in a poetic way. And I, but it wasn't Wayne. It was Kendrick. I checked the, I checked the credits. <laughs> so, but that's just, you know, a, a compliment to how he's able to use his voice in a versatile way. And that's how I try to, that's how I try to educate a lot of the artists that I work with as well. Like your voice is an instrument. It can mimic sounds. Use it. It can it can adapt to different beats. So choose different beats. Get a versatile catalog. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really appreciate that his voice is so versatile. Savior, track number 14. That beat is a bop. I put a star next to that one. So my favorites, I put stars next to. It's track number four, Die Hard. Track number 10, Count On Me. Track number 14, Savior. Track number five, Auntie Diaries. Number 16, Mr. Morale. Number 17, Mother I Sober. And yeah, what was that, like six tracks? Those are my favorites on the album, all for different reasons. Auntie, Di- auntie Diaries, the first line is, my auntie is a man now. And when I heard this, I was like... What did he just say? <laughs> but it's lines like that. And it's a perfect opening line for this song because that's going to get your attention. My auntie is a man now. And then when you think about the current like political or social climate that we're in, everything that's going on with the trans community, his auntie is a man now and his cousin turned into a woman. Um. Damn. Darius is Marianne or something like that. I forgot what the cousin's name was, but it's just the commentary on what's happening with the trans community and how somebody might go from making jokes. And and then it it comes into your family and now suddenly, you know, there's turmoil in the family because you know, the uncles don't look at this uncle the same. Well, that uncle used to be a woman. So, you know, they're not, they're not thinking about that person the same way. And then the cousin becomes a woman and the pastor calls that person out. And then, but then Kendrick like stands up for that family member. Like, you know, I love them and I was ignorant back then, but now, you know, we love family. We love our neighbor and it's just such a, it's just very well put together. And then the family could start healing because secrets are no more, you know what I'm saying? Like secrets are no longer a thing. And it just auntie diaries is, is heavy. These songs that I put stars next to, most of them are heavy, heavy subjects. But the way that he tackles these subjects, like I see why he took off. I'm I'm cool with him taking off that much time because you come back and you give us this beautiful storytelling. I just, it's just amazing, you know. Track number 16, Mr. Morale. This one reminded me of Kanye West's 808s and Heartbreak. Just because of how the beat is and how different it is and some of the instrumentation that was used really reminded me of the production that Kanye West did for his his album 808s and Heartbreak. So I appreciated that. It made me reminiscent of that. Track number 17, which is another one that was my favorite, Mother Eyes Sober. Now at this point, this would be my second time listening to this song because Solo actually had me listen to this while we were in the studio. And I'm grateful that solo, like, you know, I'm a fan of Kendrick Lamar. I wonder if I would have thought to, I would have, I probably would have thought to, to do this on my own. Yeah, I would have, but yeah, he, this is one of the ones that he played. It was like, yo, you, you gotta check out Kendrick's album. And he's commenting on so many things. Track number 17, Mother I Sober is, and I think this one is like over six minutes long, Um, but I played this one out loud and on the speakers, I had to go pick up my parents from the airport. So I played it out loud while I got dressed, (laughs) but this one is heavy, 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 heavy It deals with the generational traumas of black people, but it talks about the traumas that occur within a family and the trauma, the way that he did this, y'all, if I stammer a lot and I stutter a lot is because my mind was literally blown away listening to this album. And just the way that he is presenting these topics, it's poetic. Kendrick is a king poet. Okay. So this song, China number 17, mother, I sober, mother, I sober. Let me talk properly. It's dealing with, the traumas that occur within black families, the traumas that happened from slavery, and then the traumas, the generational curses that, you know, every black person is holding on to because of what we've been through as a people. Heavy, heavy. So in the song, he's like, you know, they keep asking me, my, my family keeps asking me, did your uncle touch you? And I say no, and they don't believe me. And years later, what he's saying in the song is years later, his, he finds out that his mom was abused by this same uncle. And the reason why nobody believed him when he would say that the uncle never touched him is because his mom was abused by this uncle. So that's the trauma of the mother. But then he has a trauma because he's like, dang, I never, I never trusted myself because or trusted myself or believed in myself because I would always tell them the answer is no. But now I'm thinking, dang, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'm doubting myself, even though I am telling the truth. And he's like, I have trauma because nobody ever believed me. Everybody thought I was lying. So his trauma was caused by the trauma that was, oh my God, his mom underwent and it's just, it's just dope. And then the ending of this song, made me realize and he vocally what he's doing on this track as well he starts off just like it's almost like he's on a therapy couch, you know, talking to a shrink. But then it's like he's addressing a crowd because his his voice gets louder and louder as the song goes on. He's getting angrier, he's getting more emotional, and it's just Y'all it oh god it's just such a good song. It's just such a good song. And the ending of it made me realize why in the cover art for this album, why he has a thorn crown on his head. I wondered that when I looked at the album cover, I was like, why is he comparing himself to Jesus? And yes, yes, he is. There are a lot of songs at this point in the, like he's been saying little things on each track. That's like sacrifice myself. Or if I take a hit, then Will that make it? Will it will will I break generational curses for everybody? If I become the sacrifice, if I get killed first, you know what I mean? Then it would be all worth it if I can break this curse. Like it's oh, I live. I live. So it's him sacrificing himself to break patterns that are keeping us down. So keeping us down, us might be like his own immediate family. And then us as in black people and what he's doing, like he's, he really is taking chances as an artist. And, you know, part of me is like, man, it's amazing that the label allowed this to come out, but kudos to them for understanding the kind of artist he is and allowing him to put out the kind of art that he makes, because this is something that I really feel like my soul was missing. I was giving up on the state of music, but then Kendrick dropped his album and uh, and I was convinced to finally start doing these music reviews and I live. This is the first this is tough cuz this is the very first full album I'm doing for like my review for a major artist anyway. And yeah, I'm just I'm just blown away how good this album is and I I can't understand anyone who would say that they don't enjoy this album because it's just so complex and he's not using crazy metaphors. It's just the subject matter that he's choosing to tackle and the way that he's presenting it is just amazing. And he is coming to Atlanta on July 30th. I wish I knew I'm going to see how much the tickets are because now I want to go to the concert. Like it's genius. You drop an album and now you're going on tour. Like, man, but, um, yeah let's track number 18 is mirror uh the production of this it reminded me of the song all the stars that he did with SZA which was from the Black Panther soundtrack this the production of this song very much has that same kind of feel to it and all throughout the song he's saying I choose me I'm sorry apologizing for doing better for himself and taking better care of himself and I feel him And that tugs at my heartstrings because I wouldn't call myself a people pleaser, but I would definitely consider myself someone who can fall victim to putting everyone before myself. And I have put people before myself, and like, you know, friends needing me, so I'll call out of work, friends needing me, so I'll, or I'll, and I'll leave work or I don't necessarily have the money to be skipping work, but I'm skipping work. I don't necessarily have the money, but I'm giving them money to help them because you know I'm straight, I have certain systems in place, but, and then feeling bad about not being able to be there for people, even though I know these people would never be there for me in the same way that I was there for them. So this this song resonated with me for those reasons. I choose me, I'm sorry. It's crazy how we feel like we need to apologize to people for wanting to take care of ourselves first. Everybody knows you can't pour from an empty cup, but people will continue to try to take, 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 take from you if you let them. And it, it does feel, it feels weird because, you know, you want people to know that you care, but you got to take care of yourself. And there's a there's a guilt there, but I I really... It was at this point when um like I, I heard it was at this point in the album when I started thinking about some of the things I heard before actually listening to it. So something that I heard, I heard he struggled with writer's blog, and actually he says it a few times in the album, or at least maybe on the very first, the first one. He says like a thousand eighty days and something, something, something. And then he said he struggled with writer's blog for two years and just all the themes of things that had to be unpacked and things that had to be stripped away. <sighs> you can tell that he's gone through a lot since we last heard from him. And what he gave in this, he put so much of himself in this. Like, I feel him. I'm in his head, the way that he presented these, these songs. And I. Uh, like I said, my mind is just blown with this this album, like for real, for real. Like, it's so good. You don't understand. Ah, uh, production too from um, Mirror and for the last track, uh, track 19, The Heart Part 5. Very Motown, very disco feeling. And that makes sense, um, considering morale and the big steppers. The name of the album is reminiscent of how like older Motown acts used to be named um Michael Jackson in the Jackson Five uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips, you know uh Smokey Robinson in the Miracles <laughs> uh Diana Ross and the supremes like it's it's very reminiscent of that kind of time period, even though production on most of the album I would not say has that Motown feel. Mirror and the Heart Part 5, which is tracks 18 and 19. Those definitely have that Motown and disco, you know, uh, probably like 50s, 60s, and 70s feel. Just some of the instrumentation that they chose to use. It, it It feels great and it sounds great. And then, so I got to the last track, which was track 19, which is called the Heart Part 5. And it was at this moment that I began to wonder another layer. Is this also commenting on Nipsey Hussle? And I think back to the album art and I'm making comparisons, right? I don't know if Nipsey Hussle dressed like this, but I know, and I don't know if California people, California dudes really dress like this, but he's got the plain white tee and he's got the khakis with the belt and he's got the gun tucked into, you know, his back, like, yeah, tucked into his pants at the back. And he's got this crown of thorns, which is symbolic of Jesus Christ. But I started to wonder, like, was this commentary on Nipsey Hussle? Because, you know, I kind of thought he was talking about himself for, um, in this album. I'm already on Google. Why am I trying to switch pages? Let me, when did Nipsey hustle? When did he die? In 2019, March 2019 is when he was killed. This album was released in May of 2020. So just a few months ago. And so, you know, I'm listening to the album and I'm thinking like, you know, it could be many things. It could be many layers. This is, this is art. Okay. This is a great body of work. So there are references to, you know, being killed, being sacrificed, but it's worth it. If it wakes us up, it's worth it. If it breaks general curses, it's worth it. If it helps the family heal things like that. And, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, Kendrick is, you know, comparative to Jesus Christ right now. But when I'm listening to the heart part five, Nipsey Hussle comes to mind and You know, he arguably could also be likened to the sacrificial imagery of Jesus Christ. You know, he was gunned down by his own people and, you know, maybe they didn't want whatever he had on him, but they wanted his lifestyle. Maybe it was a jealousy thing. Maybe it was, you know, we stuck in this situation. Um, Maybe it was a wake up call for everybody because, you know, Nipsey was doing a lot for the community so i heard and he was and he put his store inside his community instead of you know taking it to some i don't know the white side of town <laughs> so it, it's really sad that he was killed by his own and sh- that could also be likened to jesus christ too because jesus was betrayed by one of his disciples someone who's supposed to be close to him so and, and, and Nipsey was killed by somebody in the community, in his community, people he knew. So that part's crazy. But looking at the image, the imagery of the album cover art, so that's the cross, the the crown of thorns, reminiscent of Jesus Christ, right? Passion of Christ, all that good stuff. But then I'm looking, it's like he's dressed. Kendrick is in LA too, right? He's in California. He's dressed like a California dude, I guess. Look like a stereotypical. California guy I don't know um but then I'm looking like and I'm, I'm having these thoughts of Nipsey Hustle, and I'm like wait a minute what does Nipsey look like and the way that Kendrick's hair is in this album cover it ha- he has the four braids like Nipsey and he has you know his hair gathered at the back and he has a beard and he has the goatee where it's connecting to the be- and it looks just like Nipsey from the side And that part was like, whoa. And then there are two kids in the picture. And there's a woman. I don't know if that's Kendrick's like, woman or not. I don't even know if these are his kids. I didn't even research all of that for real. But I looked up Lauren London and how many kids they have. Well, she has two kids. And it's just like, yo. And they're young. They're young kids. And these are up he does have two children a three-year-old daughter and an infant I looked it up really quickly really quickly I'm going yep and that's his wife Whitney Alford on the album cover but there's just so many like comparisons I started to make well those comparisons that I started to make like you know he's dressed like a dude from LA he's got even though you know that's a common hairstyle it looks just like Nipsey Hussle's hairstyle and then there's all these references and the album about you know sacrifice and it would be all worth it. If I could break these general curses and commentary like that, you know, trying to talk some sense into people like, you know, Cabo trips don't last forever. At some point you got to get them kids from your auntie house and, um, you know, make sure he there's what song was that? He was talking about balancing real life and being on his phone, like trying to balance the two and, it was just man so many themes presented in this album so it's it's all just the imagery of it i think is beautiful and you know the album cover they're not in anywhere fancy you know his woman is breastfeeding their their child in the image and he's got the thorn crown he looks like nipsey hustle and it's just it's very i wonder how nipsey hustle's death affected kendrick lamar because that could easily be Kendrick, you know? Same kind of dynamics. Gunned down in his own community, leaving behind two young kids and a wife. Same dynamics. It's crazy, it's crazy. Um, all in all, this album is amazing in my opinion. And I love the themes. Kendrick is a poet. I've been a fan of Kendrick, but now I've finally listened to a project of his all the way through. Like I said, this album has amazing replay value because I know I did not hear everything. I know I didn't understand everything. I know this is not an album that you can listen to one time and then just move on. This is an album that you really got to allow yourself to sit with and you really got to allow yourself to absorb and think and take in everything that he's saying. He's talking about some heavy, heavy stuff in this album: generational curses, family abuse, abuse being passed down. Family members, uh, auntie turning into an uncle, a cousin, a male cousin turning into a girl cousin, and um, trying—you know—trying to balance this internet crap and being in real life, and then trying to take care of self and realizing that you got to take a step back. And it feels weird. It feels like you're rejecting others, but you can't keep rejecting yourself and being a sacrifice, uh, sh- shedding a light on all of these different themes um, that plague black families and the black community and just society as a whole. <sighs> I just highly recommend that you listened, that you listen to Kendrick Lamar's album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. And for myself, I'm excited again because, like I said, I have not connected. I have not connected with music. Music that's been coming out since, I'll say like 2015, 2016. I just haven't been connecting to it, I haven't been excited about it but this review has shown me that I can be excited. There is still great music of substance being created. And um, I'm just really grateful for that, like for real. Highly recommend that you go listen to this album. And thank you so much for listening to my first ever music review. If you are watching on YouTube, then leave me a comment down below. Tell me what you think about this whole project. If you agree with some of the conclusions I came to or tell me something that I missed in this review. And I'm sure I'll probably pick up on it when I listen to it again, but I can keep that in mind when I listen to it again. Like, and then also recommend other albums that you think I should listen to next on my roster. I have, uh, I'm going to listen to Drake's newest album. Honestly, never mind. I'm going, I, I talk a lot of crap about future. I'm going to listen to a future album and then, uh, I'm honestly I don't be that impressed with Summer Walker I need to listen to her I'm going to listen to her first album Over It and I'll review that yeah but yeah let me know if you if you want me to listen to anything uh, any project in particular I'm going to sit down do it all in one shot do my notes just like I did this one and yeah I'm, I'm excited I'm excited to put myself through this experience um, for my own selfish reasons but yeah Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you give me a big thumbs up if you are watching on YouTube. Like the video. Um, hit the subscribe button and if you would like to be notified each and every time I post a new piece of content, then hit that notification bell so you'll be notified when I post those new pieces of content. If you are listening on Spotify, please make sure or Apple podcast, please make sure you give me a 100% rating five out of five stars that would help me a lot. Leave a review, say nice things about me so that this can be pushed out to bigger, wider, broader audiences. And um, if you would like to to go the extra mile in supporting me so that I have more time to make content like this and do kind of you know reviews and deep dives into the music of today. Then please consider becoming a patron of mine by going to patreon.com slash lexiatl, patreon.com slash L E X C A T L for as little as five dollars a month. You can become a patron that gets you access to uncut episodes, it gets you access to um content that I probably will not release to the public or if I do release it to the public the public doesn't find out about it until months after patrons have already known about it so it's a fun little secret between us and it's a community where I help like-minded individuals and people who are interested in music and entertainment industry we help each other grow and build and you know it's commentary on my journey but if I'm going through it then it's like a heads up for the next people who are on the journey, the same journey that I'm on too. So if that sounds interesting to you, and like I said, you just want to go the extra mile in supporting me, then you can do so by paying as little as $5 a month or whatever you want to, you want to pay, honestly, at patreon.com slash LexiATL. But thank you so much for joining me on this very first music review of mine. Please join me for the future ones. And um, yeah, thanks so much. My name is Lexi. Until next time, peace.